You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to an, we'll say, a spontaneous episode of Gate 7 International. As we mentioned on social media, guys, last week was really hectic with everybody's schedules, so we're sorry we didn't get an episode out for you guys midweek and also yesterday, but here it is. Steven and I are here. We're going to be back on a regular schedule after this, but uh, we're here to talk about Panetolikos and what's going on in the league so far. But before we go too for, too much further, uh, we do have some quick housekeeping. Uh, guys, Olympiacos DC, they did draw their last match of the season. Uh, they were up 2-0 at halftime. They drew 2-2. That means that going into the playoffs, they are in the playoffs. They have a home match this weekend, this Saturday at Annandale High School. They are playing their first in the semifinals. And the game will be at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. It is huge. We're hoping we can get them to the finals again and beyond. So we are trying to organize as many people as possible to go out there this Saturday. So if you can, guys, please make it out there this Saturday. It would be great to show support for the team. We're trying to get a lot of people out there. Uh, real quickly, thank you to our sponsor, Price International. Price International is your one-stop shop for all your international trans shipping needs. If you ha- need any help for anything with freight forwarding, just contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or give an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. And guys, before we go any further, if you haven't done so already, please drop a like or subscribe really quick. It helps us. The more people that can subscribe, the more people that give us a like, it boosts the algorithm and it helps more Olympiacos fans like yourselves find us. So the more of you that do that, please, the the bigger this community will become. And lastly, we have one new ad read, guys. We're going, we're getting up in the world. Uh, so just a little bit first. This is going to be the first one for us. So uh, let's see what you, we have a little deal for you guys. Maybe you'll like it. So support for Gate Seven International is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, my friends. They just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's it, boys. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust, who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code G7INTL at Manscaped and use that at manscaped.com. Steven, I don't know about you, man, but I'm a hairy dude. And we Greeks, we're pretty hairy guys. And Mate, every every time I try shave, it's like I've grown a beard back immediately afterwards. <laughs> my friend, I get the five o'clock shadow on my whole Literally. body. Exactly. And it's like I have a second sweater. And growing up, you know, it was always tough because it's so annoying to deal with that. And you always find other products that not, that end up clipping it's awful bad experiences you know how it is it's tough but let me tell you guys this bad boy right here this thing this thing is something else uh i never would have guessed i never would have checked this thing out otherwise but this is right here this is the real deal uh we have a video coming out tomorrow uh obviously before we we were messing with anybody's family jewels we wanted to make sure this thing worked so i shaved my buddy's head with it and let me tell you guys, this thing is amazing. So don't forget, get 20% off and free shipping with the code G7INTL at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use the code G7INTL. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, Steven, let's get right to it, man. Let's get to the game. So give me your first thoughts. You know, when you saw the lineup, did you guess that we were probably going 4-3-3? Uh, nope. No, it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't one that I thought would would happen, to be honest, Ari. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see 
um, Ronnie Lopez in the starting lineup. But I'm also I was also a little bit pleased for him because I've always said throughout the season he hasn't really been given the opportunity to properly show himself. And you know, as we're going to get into the game more, he he did uh, show his talents a lot more. Um, and yeah, it it was just another one of those games where. It, it didn't feel quite right, if you go. I mean, like, nothing seemed to click. The players seemed tired. There was some rotation, but not quite as much as I, I would have liked to. And certainly, <laughs> I know for a fact that other people didn't like either. Um, but as always, I'm Mr. Po I'm Mr. Positive, so I, I can always take what I, what I get from this team. We won. Tiquinho scored. El, El Arabi continues scoring as well. Lo Ronnie Lopez with the assist. So there's things to be positive about, but unfortunately, as with the positives, there have to be the negatives and the constructive criticism. Um, and, you know, Banadoligos have given us games where we struggled against them last season in the league. This was the same scoreline away to them. Um, and yeah, there, there were this, and we spoke about this before the pod itself the stats kind of flatter us a little bit. Like it looks like they we do. absolutely destroyed them, and we probably could have scored a few more. And you know, even even after watching the game myself, I, I looked at the stats and I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe I'm I you know I made my eyes deceive me. But then upon looking back at the highlights, the extended highlights, I was like, oh no, that that wasn't the case at all. We we weren't great from a made big parts of the game to be honest. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 correct. I mean, there were look, we had a couple of decent opportunities, right? Uh, not all of them were garbage, uh, but a lot of them were garbage. Like the first few opportunities before the before the Tequino the the goal off of the corner, the the Madi shots, the Masuda shot, those were just not great opportunities or not opportunities that realistically they weren't you could score really from. quality chances. They were half chances at best, right? And when after Tequino after Tequino scored, we didn't have another solid opportunity until the the Agipu Camara, the that volley, that like half attempt of volley. Because had he made good contact there, you know, that's that's a solid opportunity. And even on if we're looking at the metrics, the Y Scout XG on that was 0.25. So that was actually, if we were if we're talking about the data, that was our best opportunity of the game minus the penalty so if we're not counting the penalty then that was the best opportunity we had in the game if we remove the penalty from the equation so our total xg for the game was 1.94 if we remove the penalty from the equation we're sitting at 1.18 now that's not to say that panetolicos was that much better their their total game xg was 0.45, which most of that came from the, the Vergos opportunity. Uh, but then other, besides that, the other opportunities they had were like nothing. So it's, I think it's, we can say, look, like it's not like they, they threatened us that much, but they're left a lot to be desired with some of our possession play. And that continues to be a theme here. You know, we may dominate teams in possession here and there, but then it's what is going on with that final third product? You know, where's the ingenuity? Why does it feel like we can't make it, anything happen? Why does it feel like we're watching paint dry with these games? And it's it's tough, but, you know, I am seeing a bit of a pattern here uh, because the way, at least in the first half, the game started to play out, the shape, that 4-3-3 shape is just awful for us. The last time we saw it was in the first half against Frankfurt. And it was garbage. Yeah. Yeah, what it's, happened it's, there? What happened like, why are we play four three three then? And I said this in my in my my analytics blog about with Frankfurt, we never played four three three all season. Why the hell are we using it? Now, why the hell are we using it now? I know it's Bonitolicos, but what is going on? We should be pumping this team. The four two three one in the first half against Bach, we looked like how we should look. You know, okay, forget what happened in the second half. The second half was ugly, but. I mean, the first half was fantastic. It was all us. Now we go we go against Panatolikos and we look like even with all of the possession in the world, it just looks it just looked ugly. I, I'm I'm confused as to why we keep going to the four three three. I don't we I don't think we have the personnel to really pull that off. And even then, we we were 
we 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 don't have the personnel to a certain extent. But even then, like we're never going to see Kunde play in that midfield three. So what's the point in playing four three or even trying to play four three three if you don't play those three players? You don't play Yan and Via, Madi Gamara and um, and Kunde together because then you even if it doesn't work to to the its fullest capabilities, at least you have a bit more dynamism to try and play something like that. And and as you said, like I don't understand. If if it's not going to work against teams like Banadoligos, no disrespect to them, obviously, but they're a, they're a lower tier Greek side who we should be, like you said, we should be completely dominating and comfortably defeating when it wasn't as comfortable as we'd like to see against that caliber of opposition, especially when we're about to play Frankfurt again in Birea um, in a couple of days. Um, so I don't really know what Martins is trying to think of when maybe he's doing this in preparation maybe we're going to see 4-3-3 again I hope we don't because as we saw against Frankfurt and in this game it isn't working for the team um so I I I, I'm struggling to see what he's what he's trying to do with, with with our team right now but hopefully he's hopefully he's formulating something that's like maybe he's doing I don't know I'm not quite sure, to be honest. That is, I'm, I'm just as confused as you are, to be honest. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about, when we're talking about how the game looks data-wise, right, you see that overall, our overall possession was over 70%. There were large parts of the game where we were in the upper 80s in terms of possession. We attempted over 600 passes this match. That's one of the highest numbers in terms of how much volume the ball of the ball we had. Uh, relatively decent match tempo, but I have an interesting statistic for you, uh, Stephen. And guys, I'm gonna we're gonna be using some of these stats because there's no post match analytics. I'm sorry about that. I was away for the weekend, so I'm not gonna get the writing one. But 603 passes attempted, only 11% of our passes made their way to the final third. That is the lowest proportion. That is the lowest percentage of our total number of passes that we've ever had in a game all season forward. And that tells you something. We can move the ball around as much as we want in the midfield or in the back, you know, but we don't do anything forward. We can't penetrate the final third. What is going on there? 11%. Steven, with six over 600 passes, that's not even 66 passes that were that uh, occurred in the final third. That's unacceptable. How can we hope to do anything against Frankfurt when we when we when we can barely make chances happen, this is kind of scary, and it's been a little bit of a theme all season. It's it's just it's just giving me some worries going going into that game because we need to win that game at home, you know, not just to just put ourselves back at the top of the group, but to secure qualification you know this the group the qualification is in our it's in our grasp already we've done so well with the first three games so far well forget frankfurt we won the first two games of the group that put us in such a good position you know what i mean and and to throw that away and obviously still we we still have those three games to play but to throw if we were to throw that away after those three games it would be that much more frustrating because we not only could we not only can we seal top two right now we can seal top if we beat, like you said, if we beat Frankfurt, that puts us in such a good stead. And I keep saying this, we need to get top because then we don't have to play that round of 32 playoff tie against a, a Champions League side that will inevitably fall out of the Champions League in third place. And judging by how some of those bigger teams are performing in the Champions League this season, we're going to inevitably get a bigger side if we even reach second place. And even then, if we, if we let's say worst comes to worst, we lose our last three games. That's the very worst case scenario. We we might, we might finish third. We might finish very unlikely at this point with six points, but we might even finish bottom. You know, that's the yeah. worst case scenario, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely not a good look. Uh, quick comment here. We've got a couple comments rolling in. Uh, Roman Smirnavius. Hello there, guys. Sitting on a chill working shift from home and listening to you. Music to my ears. Roman, thank you so much, man. You've been around since the beginning. Uh, thank you for continuing to listen in. We do love it and appreciate it. Um, there's a couple of players that I want to kind of focus on, right? And I'd like to start with actually one that was pretty much that was pretty positive, and that was Roni Lopez. Roni Lopez finally had a solid game. He finally did a little bit more 
of what we expected. So I was pretty happy with that because finally we're starting to see maybe he's not a dud. Maybe it did, you know, he, he looks like he cut some of the weight. He was a little bit quicker. He really was the only player that could take people on at all. So I was really happy to see that. And that gives me a little bit, a little bit of, um, let's say, positivity looking ahead towards that Frankfurt game. Uh, even though he was playing wide out on the wing. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I mean, finally, we see we saw a bit more of that flair con- like connecting in the game. Because so far, we've seen flashes of what he's capable of, but then always it comes up too short and then a player intercepts the ball off him immediately or it, his pass isn't completed or, or, or whatnot. And it was so nice to see him actually get to do what he does best. And whether that's down to his a mentality change, like you said, the weight loss to give him a bit of an extra push, um, you know, it, it seems to be working. And again, it's against Banadoligos and it's one game, but it, we we got to take the positives. And if this is, and hopefully he can build on this and um, leading on to the rest of the season, because we, you know, we were talking a week ago about him maybe being one of those players whose loans are going to get cut short. You know, by January, we, 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 were, we, we were almost expecting him to, you know, be sent back to Sevilla. So if he can perform like this consistently enough from now, I think he'll see out the rest of the season um, in Birao. Uh Our good friend here, Doron Tor, runs a podcast for Nottingham Forest, asking if we can take Cafu back, please. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry, buddy. You no. know, we already shipped off Thiago Silva, so we didn't make out in that deal either. Although I, I, will say, I will say to him, I'm glad for him that Forest have started playing better because I was I've been following his stuff and they've, and they've started playing well now, and I've been glad that they've turned around their poor start to the season. Yeah, it's our brother club. We like to see them doing well. Maybe you know, maybe they can have a lovely push towards the mid-season and end of the season to push for promotion. I don't know if that's possible. I haven't checked the championship table. Well, you never uh, know. You never know. But teams that teams in the championship can suddenly go from relegation candidates to playoff places in in a matter of a few weeks. So that we'll is see. very true. That is very true. But going back to going back to the the conversation at hand with Roni Lopez, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that when he came in, we looked at we watched the tape. We saw what he could do. And we saw, we saw that this is a guy, look, without Fortunis, this is a guy that can have similar impact for us. This is somebody that can take a guy on, you know, make defenders commit and free up space for people making moves around him. I mean, also, the guy barely put a foot wrong. Uh, 30 of 33, 91% pass accuracy. You know, That's sitting what we out want to see wing. from him, though. He's of that caliber. You know, he's one of those players exactly. that can that can uh, do the unexpected, like Fortunis can. And w- w- that's maybe something we're missing from this team because a lot of the players, you know, what you're going to get. Whereas you need, a, even even though flair players are a little bit out of fashion now, you still need those flair players. I still like to have a flair player like Lopez or Fortunis in the team to bring them on or have them in the starting line just to give that bit of extra oomph that the team needs to kind of create something out of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, besides the assist for the goal, uh, well, which came off of a, a set piece, he had two other key passes before that passes that led directly to a shot. I mean, the, the guy was, the guy made a lot happen and being on the ring, being on the wing and having almost 40 touches, that is solid volume for a winger. That is something that Podence used to do. We used to see him get involved a lot, get a lot of a lot of volume, a lot of touches on the ball, a lot of service in. Another funny thing too, uh, he he only had two crosses, and they both you know at least connected. They at least hit people. You know, we had twenty four crosses that match, and we only connected five of them. You know that the uh, look. We haven't had the major crossing volume a lot since the start of this season, so it is nice to see it. But I want to see us connect more than five. It's about four the quality of them, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's unfortunately, that's one thing I don't think is ever going to change because we've always brought up that Martins is a volume guy. He's concerned about getting that crossing volume in because, you know, more often than not, maybe something will happen. It also helps stretch the defense. But I think when I saw how the number of crosses we had, I saw it as, look, we don't have any other ideas. We're not breaking down the defense very well. So we're forcing these balls to the wings. And 
and hoping that our strikers and our forwards can do something about it. Uh, very, very worrying stuff for me against a team with the caliber of Panetolikos. Yeah. And of course, Vergos came back to bite us as well. You know, former Olympiagos Youth Academy player who um, we deemed surplus to requirements was at Real Madrid Castilla, was at um, Pan Panathinaikos very briefly yeah. as well. Um, and of course, I said in my blog, he's going to be trouble. And he gave us trouble with that equalizer. And yep. the defending for that equalizer is something that I'm not worried about, but it is something that I was surprised at because we're normally quite good at cancelling out those kind of counterattacks. And for some reason, nobody was defending the left. Oleg yep. was nowhere to be seen. Bar did not have the best of games. He hasn't really shown himself in good in a good light for a lot of us in a, in a while now. And it's starting to worry me about Bar because he was so good last season. And I he's just, I think it's just, Something's something's gone with him mentally. I think he's just not quite there. Well, you're you're one hundred percent right. And the you know ever since we heard that statement from him, uh, do you remember when he said, "Oh, I think I'm ready for the Premier League. I've won everything here." Mm -hmm. You ever since then, his he you're right. He hasn't been there mentally. I mean, there's just been something there, almost as if he he thinks he deserves it. And we, you're right. We have seen a worse version of him, uh, you know, and every, every game now, you know what I mean? Ever since that Arsenal, the first red card, the Arsenal red card, he mm. hasn't learned from that mistake. He had a couple bad shots. We almost ate a penalty against Panatolikos. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got to be more careful. And, you know, when we say that he had a bad game, we're not saying that, oh, this guy's dreadful. This isn't like Roderick Miranda. You know what I mean, or 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 Vukovic. Like, Don't disrespect he, Miranda, man. He was he was next level. He was right. great. <laughs> but, but like we're talking about here, like when Ba closed players down, right? Uh, forget forget the counter. Forget you know a couple of the other scares. Uh, when he was closing players down in hold up, he was five. He it was five for six in the air. He's not. He's not really good this season. I mean, he was much better last season in the air. He's not doing super well in the good. It feels like he loses almost everything. Uh, four for nine in the air. He won all of his loose balls. Nine interceptions, 14 ball recoveries, and six clearances. That that looks pretty good with the volume, but it's not acceptable when every game you have more fouls than the rest of the team. And those fouls are always dangerous. That has to stop. You know what I mean? We we valued Ba over Cisse in the past because we thought Cisse was more clumsy and Ba didn't make some of those same mistakes. But now Ba, it's just like you, you he's in there. He I he's a liability for me. He could he could be passing yeah, great. I, he I, could be winning everything. I'm always gonna be worried about that. No, I, I start to worry when I see Bar in the lineup now because despite the fact he has, we know he has that ability. He's very, very, you know, before he was so talented and so solid for us at the back. And now he, he's become more, arguably more of a liability than Cissé because at least with Cissé, you know he's got an error in him, but Cissé still gives that 110% every time. Like Cissé went on loan to a top five league team. You know, he went to Ligue 1. And he could have, you know, Cissé arguably could have pushed for a move from that, but he's decided to stay, come back and commit to the team. And yeah, sure, Cissé has a gaff now and again, but I still give Cissé a bit more credit than Bar because at least Cissé, you can tell he cares and he really, really put, like goes out there every game and tries, even if he doesn't yep. have the best of games. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. And that's why we will forgive Cissé in many occasions for his clumsiness because he puts it all out there and he does so much for this club the you know it the clumsiness is something that will always irritate us but at least the passion is there uh and we do have a couple of comments also rolling in uh dimi dimitri roni will improve for sure hopefully onya Karu will do as well would love to see more of kunde and markovic um as far as the onya Karu thing is concerned i mean you know i'm for the amount of money we spent i am willing to give him more time it just is really annoying that a signing of that value, <laughs> the amount of money we spent, it, you know, should be, have more impact. Uh, he hasn't settled in. 
Uh, it's they've been it's been said in media that he hasn't settled in, and you know he is he is got he's trying to integrate. He needs more time. It it's frustrating, but I definitely we should be seeing more from him. I'm even more frustrated though with the latter part of that comment, which is Markovic and Kunde. There's zero excuse, first of all, for Kunde not to be seeing more time. Are you kidding me? We're gonna run Bukalakis into the ground. He has more minutes than anybody except for Oleg. But we're but Kunde, who's always the, the man can run literally forever. He doesn't stop. He has he is one of the only deep midfielders besides Madi that we have that wants to get forward with the ball. And he's a good player, a solid player. We've we've talked about multiple times, even in my blogs, about how he Kunde himself makes our pressing intensity that much better. He should be playing more. And I am also uh, very frustrated with how we handled Markovic too. Um, we we have been told that he is injured, that he was injured. So a lot of the, the in the past couple weeks, he did pick up a knock, and that's probably why he wasn't playing. But I personally see that as more of ex- an excuse because how much did we see him playing before that? N- Not none much since the qualifiers. Yeah, since the European qualifiers. Exactly, and you know you see how much we've come to rely on having a ball-playing center back a la Semedo. And you see how when we're in some of these European games and we're we're being pressed out the back and we're relying on Socrates and Cisse, who are good players, but they're not ball players like Semedo was, what happens to our possession when we rely so much being played out of the back? We need a ball-playing center back. Markovic needs to be playing because he is the best ball-playing center back that's available after Semedo, who probably isn't going to be involved with this team anymore. No, no, I agree. I agree. And the Kunde thing is a shame because unlike on your, the news about Onyakuru, he see, Kunde feels like, it feels like he's been integrated. It feels like he knows what he's doing. He knows his role. He knows how to play. You know, we got this guy for, a, considering where we got him from, we got him for a, a steal, in my opinion. Like, it's, he, didn't, he wasn't that much money. Maybe it's a fear of the, that he, he has a bad injury in him every so often. But, I mean, even at this point, he should be beyond the last 10 minutes of a game coming on. Like he should be coming on midway through a game or starting at least, you know? Um, so it, I, I feel the frustration because uh, Bukalakis is a great servant as always. Like he, he does, he does his job, but how much better can he do his job when he's tired every week when he has to play? Um, and yep. instead, could we, like you said, could we not have Kunde doing his job and with that added energy that he brings and that added physicality and that, you know, that constant pressing on the ball, you know, I, I think that that's just something we need, especially to give him the the bet, like to keep him sharp as well for, for the big games. I think that's important. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, and Stephen, before we start to move on into man of the match and coaches, Gray, there's a couple comments here from Partego I wanted to address as well. Uh, Partigal says, I think Yakumakis would be a perfect fit as a reference striker, and he's also Greek. I think this team is level enough to reach the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Maybe I'm exaggerating. So we'll start with the first comment, the Yakumakis thing. I see the problem with me is Yakumakis is in terms of like the, the mold of striker he is, right? He's more of a target man he, for me. More of a target, more of a Hassan. Right mm. now, although I believe Yakumakis has better ball playing ability than Hassan does, this team right now isn't competent enough and doesn't offer enough service yet with its wing, especially with the wing play, for us to really use a a prototypical point man poacher of a number nine. I don't think that that's what this team look. Tequino is that. Right. But Tequino also has some ball playing ability and he never stops running. So, and, and we see how Tequino's, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Production, productivity is impacted with lack of service. He's, he goes through some of the, the similar things that Hassan went through, only he's a better ball player. So I don't know. I mean, okay, he's Greek and I, you know, I'd rather have more Greeks on the team personally, yeah, sure. but I don't know <clears throat> how much I believe Yakumakis would improve this team at all. I don't I know think, what your take is on that. I mean, I think just based on his talent and how he played last season, he would be a great coup for us to bring in. Like it would be really exciting to see a Greek. We haven't had a, 
I can't remember the last time we had a proper Greek like senior striker playing for us. It's probably Mitroglou, if I'm if I'm correct. No, that's correct. Yeah. Um, I don't think he suits the system, and I think for that he it would hurt us to play him. But I also yep. don't think that he would be a downgrade by any means compared to anyone else we could get who plays in that position, who plays that role. But we'd have to then change the entire way we play so to suit Yago Magis, and it wouldn't suit us. And you know what? He's I'm happy he's at Celtic, and I hope he becomes the next Samaras for them. So yeah, yeah, it would be it would be cool to see to see a Greek do to do well for them uh, mm. as well, especially you know in what's considered a better league. You know what I mean? Yeah, by the uh, way, for coefficient rankings, it is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now. Um, as for the second part of that comment, which was the uh, he believes that the quality is enough to get to Europa League. Look, if this team could play like it did against Fenerbahce or first half against Balk, undoubtedly, this is a quarterfinal Europa League yeah. team. Undoubtedly, yeah, just on the talent that we have, this is a Europa quarterfinal team. But the question is, are we going to get that out of them? And that seems to be that seems to be the question over all of these games. What team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that is moving around and actually interplaying really well, moving into space? Are people going to move to present each other? Are we going to play the system that we work the best in, a 4-2-3-1, something that's compact, gives us the ability to move forward and actually play the ball around? Or are we going to continue to do stuff that doesn't work just for the sake of change? That's That's the question here. The talent, it's undeniable there is talent on this team. We have solid players, but we do, we, we, we're all over the place with some of these changes for no reason. Stick with what works. Stick with it. Stick with what works. The players that we have and sticking with what works, this team can, this team can do it. But we have to do what we know, and we have to do, with what, wor- do what works. It's as I, simple I, as that. I'm, I'm with you fully. And, and to go to to jump on that comment as well like i i i believe from the first like the beginning of the season even if we'd reached the champions league group stages we were good enough to if we fell into the europa league which obviously we have now um that w- we could easily make the the midway point of the of the knockout stages easily like with this team uh, the potential of this team is ridiculous like forget like the price of the of the squad overall it's the most expensive team ever blah blah blah, blah. But, like just based on what this team is capable of you know, just based on talent, yeah, I, I, I believe this team is good enough, and I, and I, can, I feel like I, I speak for a lot of Felipe Agos fans. Where I, I don't want another what if season. I don't want another. This team could have gone further, but it didn't, and it's disappointing to because we always see other teams of our caliber like having that one like glorious run, you know, and like they remember that, and then like we haven't properly had that since well we haven't had that since we reached the champions league quarterfinals in the in the late 90s you know i you know certainly in my lifetime of supporting olympiagos i'd like to have a a run please i don't ask i'm not asking us to win the europa league i'd like us to at least you know get close enough for me to be like we nearly did it you know yeah i i definitely understand that 100 percent uh well steve it's uh you know it's about that time uh, man of the match and coach is great. Now for me, um, you know, I had to watch this on replay. I wasn't able to watch it live. So it kind of impacts. Cause like when you watch it live and after you just finish a game and you're giving, you know, your emotion is a little bit moment, more, yeah. but when I watch it, I knew I knowing how the match turned out, it's kind of hard for me. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of a different opinion than I would have if I watched it live. So I think that's going to slightly, impact my uh whatever we'll see you go first man of the match and coach is great okay what do you got man of the match um i you know what because because i've been saying it for ages and he's finally sort of proven himself in a game i'm going to give it to ronnie lopez just because of the impact he made for the team the fact that he performed well and he he played to the level that we want him to perform at and i hope i hope so badly that this is him kind of kickstarting his time with us and, you know, seeing out the rest of the, his loan spell with us in to the, to, to exceed our expectations. So for me, he's man of the match. He had a good game. Didn't play the whole game, but 
the get the, the part he did play, he he was more or less flawless for me. Um, Martins, my 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 grading is really lopsided. <laughs> so I I mean he he brought the subs on that made the difference, but I think this the the formation itself, like we've said, four three three against Panatolikos is not really something we want to see. Um, and so I guess I'd give him like a like either a B minus or a C plus because I think we won, so I'm happy. But at the same time, I think just the way we set up and the way we saw out the game and the substitutes, some impacted like El Arabi, obviously, but I feel like we need we needed the team to be rotated a bit more. So I'd get maybe B, I'm settling for a B minus, I think. Yeah, the um, I definitely wasn't happy with how we lined up and how we started the game. Um, uh, then we saw it was, uh, you know, like, 10 minutes into the second half, we had that triple change. Um, and the triple change involved Kenny Lala. It involved Mari Camara and Roni Lopez all leaving with the introduction of El Arabi, Valbuena, and Adruzos. So we saw that triple change. And after that triple change, that 4-3-3 really became a 4-4-2. Um, and, you know, I, I it was something I understood, uh, again, because maybe because I knew what the outcome already was going to be. It made sense because, look, we were on the front foot. They really weren't challenging us too much. Um, there was a lot that was being stifled for them, at least coming forward, besides the Veracruz goal. So I thought, look, a 4-4-2 might make sense. Get an extra striker, an extra body up there. Makes sense completely. So, And we can say that the El Arabi and Valbuena subs did have impact. You know what I mean? When they came on. Well, El Arabi scores. He scores the penalty. And then Valbuena so. wins the. Well, I he mean, wins we, didn't the talk, we, we didn't even talk about that. Like the goalkeeper yeah. just he headbutts him. Like that's a ridiculous challenge. I don't know what he was thinking, but yeah, it was uh, a stonewall penalty. Um, yeah, so if and if Valbuena doesn't put his body on the mm -hmm. line, then that penalty doesn't happen. And Costa exactly. brought that up in the match ratings. Uh, if you haven't checked the match ratings out, please look on our socials. Uh, Costa does an amazing job with that graphic. He built that graphic up pretty much by himself. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, he said the same thing for him. Man of the match was Valbuena because he he put his body on the line to get us the win. Now, for me, when I determine my man of the match, it's my man of the match is who put us in the best position to win, whether that's by stifling the opponent's opportunities or by creating the most. And Roni Lopez is the one that created the most. Roni Lopez was the only one that really manufactured opportunities for us. And it, that has to be said. I think that it's perfectly reasonable for you to say Valbuena as well, because mm -hmm. Valbuena, you know, just putting his body on the line like that, he is the reason. He's the reason that that was able to happen and that put us forward. Uh, it's a shame that we required a penalty to win. You don't like seeing that, but it is what it is. So that's and my coach's grade. Um, we we did get the win, so there's some positivity there. That the uh, the change adjustment in the formation did make sense. Uh, Roni Lopez wasn't playing quite as well in the second half as he was in the first half, so I understood mm -hmm. that. Um, Lala's performance was not going forward, at least wasn't what you want it to be, uh, which is probably why Adruzos came for because he overlaps more. Um, so I understood those changes, but it did those changes didn't really make me feel like we were playing amazing. Um, but we won, so I'm gonna, just going to say a solid B. It was an ugly B. <laughs> And I'll, I'll, I think that might, and the only, I, again, I'm, I'm prefacing this by saying, because I knew the outcome of the game, I was less irritated with certain things. Mm. And that's probably why I'm being, I'm being a little bit more lenient. Maybe if I didn't know the outcome, maybe I would say C, I don't know, but uh, I'll leave it as a B for that. Now with the win, Steven, we are, you know, at the top of the table still with 20 points. Yeah. It's nice to be top. Um, it is. It's always nice. You know, it's all, it, 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 you know, it's not cold at the top yet. We still, there's still some, you know, Balk is uh, four points behind, but Ike is right there nipping on our heels. Yeah. And they're uh, doing good. Second place. They're looking good with their new Exactly. Manager. And Adis, Adis is, despite their, 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 their deduction, they are, they're making their way up there. Yeah. So they're doing, they're doing pretty well. It, it has to be said. So, um, but, it's funny to me when we sit here and we're kind of complaining about our performances. We don't think we're doing well. And we're in first place still. 
You know what I mean? Uh, what does that say for the, the quality of the league? I don't know because it's like, I think the quality of our team is high, but the quality of the league isn't where it should be perhaps. I mean, it says it in, in how many of our teams qualified for Europe, I guess you could argue Balk is the second best team because they reached a European competition. They, they, they have a coach who has won them the, you know, the, the undefeated uh, league title they won a couple of seasons ago. They have a couple of really good players. I, um, and then Ike is probably third for me, but like, even then, you know, the, the, some of our biggest clubs during the early part of the season still couldn't beat teams that they were should have beaten in those in those European qualifiers. And only now are they gaining momentum and looking good. <clears throat> it's a shame because maybe it, it would have been a different story. But right now, <clears throat> despite the fact the um, the league's coefficient is rising, it doesn't necessarily mean our league quality overall is better. Um, so while that's a very long answer from me, I I guess there's. There's caveats to both. There's arguments for both, I guess, as well. Yep. And then you also have nonsense like what happened in that match, the Ike Adis match that Lex just brought up in the comments. Yeah. Adis should yeah. have won on Sunday. Um, what <clears throat> that whole that whole thing was a mess. Like the fact that if what they said was true, that Rota that the Ike officials were told by the ref, get him off, or he's gonna end up getting a red card, like that's unacceptable. He probably should have gotten a red card. Yeah. Early. Because that was a bone crunching tackle, and uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I, I, I don't understand if anybody does listen or watch anything related to SDNA. When Gakos got on there and was trying to talk about how, like, it was an off the off the the offense foul, like, it was an offensive foul on Rota, and I was like, dude, Gakos, you need to shut up, man like who this guy used to be like a, a uefa ref and he just sounds like an idiot but i tell you one thing gakos right here buddy i can help you with shave that head get it a little cleaner you know what i mean get it nice and nice and big nice and shiny right here advertising just for you buddy you can even use our our g7 intl code just for you 20 percent. you know that's pretty 20 percent. 20 percent for for none other than the the dumbest ref ever uh anyway but yeah, it's it's absurd. Uh, we can even go into some of the some of like the team metrics, right? For for the standings. So um, there are teams like some of the teams have scored more than we have. You know what I mean? It's not like we're leading in goal scoring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I I, I noticed that, and it's not amazing. But at the same time, it, because we have such a good defense in comparison to the rest of the league, it's almost kind of making up for that. And I think we're averaging just under a, yeah, we're averaging just under two goals a game, which is still right. Good. Well, we haven't, we haven't. The, here's the, here's what I'll preface it by saying: a couple of other teams like Balk and Bolos have pumped some of the smaller teams. Right? Mm. They've pumped a few teams with goals. We haven't yet. Now, another thing uh, I like to do is I like to flip the rankings and look at XG. Right? Expected goals. I will because I want to see like okay maybe they're scoring here but is it is it sustainable is this are these people are these teams scoring a lot more and creating better chances than we are and the answer is no we are actually when it comes to xg we are the highest with 14 we've scored 14 goals our expected goals is 13.91 mm. uh the next closest is Bach with 13.48 and and then it goes down from there and that kind of explains why some of these teams are seeing so many uh, inconsistent results. It's because their quality of opportunities isn't as good as ours, but they're, 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 you know, they're scoring some of them. So it does put some things into perspective. Um, now what that, again, what that says about the league is another thing. Now, the thing that of course is keeping us at the top is our defense. Uh, defensively, we have been quite solid in terms of not just the, the goals limiting, which were, you know, we've, we've conceded five goals. Adis and Olympiacos right now have allowed the least number, conceded the least number of goals uh, on the season. Now we can look at that, the expected goals allowed or expected goals conceded as well. And it, we're still the lowest. We've conceded five goals. We're expected to concede five and a half. So 
we're we're not allowing great opportunities to be scored against us and we're also just not allowing those opportunities there so there is a reason for this so our def- defense is solid offensively we're scoring probably what we should be so the there say what you want about how crap we've been but we are the we are playing as the best team we are the best mm-hmm. team as as it stands the way things are going it's just we're not getting some of those you know well i I like to call them the star power the star power uh conversion we're not flexing our muscles like we normally exactly but then in in fairness ari if i recall from last season we were very similar in the league like we would win like two nil here and there like we wouldn't score more than two or three and then all of a sudden by end of november december we were pumping teams like five nil like five six nil if i recall so maybe it's Maybe it's just the team slowly getting into it. I'm not quite sure, but it seems to be a it seems to be a pattern for me over the last couple of years. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, there's also a bunch of comments that came in, um, so we're gonna address a couple of these. Um, uh, Parte go even mixing the ethnic key here. Both the ethnic key and Libyakos need a top class coach. This team has to fight for a European title. We are a historical one, and Greece has to get back into a competition soon. I would love for as many Greeks as possible to come, and at the base of the ethnic key is our team. It would benefit us both. Um, Parte go, I would like that too, man. I would like that too. But, you know, the unfortunate thing is, um, Looking at some of the players that could be available to to Olympiakos at least, um, what Greeks would you take in this team? You know, I mean, Masuras right now, with the form that he's been, maybe minus the last week or so, um, has been arguably the most productive Greek winger, period. So what other Greek wingers would you want on our team? You know, okay, you know what? There's an argument to be made probably for Tzolis, but he's in England. He's in the Premier League. Khadzi mm. Giovannis? Limno? Sorry, I don't want any of them any of them near this team. Uh, you know, what about in the midfield? What midfielder on the Greek national team would you want on this team? The only one I could think of, and it's because of his future, pro- he'd be a future prospect, is Alexandropoulos. That's it. Think, Just think about that. Would you want any of those center backs for the Greek national team on our team? I don't want Savelas on our team. I'm sorry. Stafilidis? Fuck no. Mavropanos, maybe, but he he's not he's playing in Germany. He's not gonna make it here. And we had the chance to sign him as well when he was at Bas and he chose Arsenal. Uh, naturally, he chose Arsenal over us because it's the Premier League side. But um Exactly. Yeah. Now there's another comment here, which this was something I was gonna bring up before we closed out. Uh, Roman Smirnidis, what about the rumors that we are looking for a ball-winning midfielder in January? Any thoughts? Um, that annoys me. That really annoys me uh, for a couple of reasons. Now, no, I now I understand why, because obviously the consideration is, look, we're going to be losing pretty much all of our, <laughs> our midfielders, yeah. right? Um, <clears throat> but can I ask why Vasily Sorlis is it going to be given a chance? So that's why we're that's why we're looking at them is because the guys are, are going to Copa Africa. But we have look, we have Sorlis, who looked great over the summer. He's 18 years old, sure, but you're telling me you're telling me that we wouldn't be able to you're gonna we want to buy. Well, it's also not sure what type of caliber of midfielder we're gonna get if he's just gonna be a rotation piece or what have you. But you have this kid with talent who looked great over the summer. Why is he not going to get a chance? I, I mean, that's my that's the only thing that irks me. My only it, my only thing with that is maybe maybe he maybe Martins has him in mind to play intermittently for the B team. Perhaps I'm not sure how much influence Martins has over who, which players go to the B team. If it's just a club decision um or not but i i'm with you you know we we all want to see our greek talent kind of develop and the way to for them to develop is to play games uh, more or less and um you know if this was another greek club he'd probably get an opportunity you know bath and i got giving opportunities to alexandropoulos and he's he's developing nicely you know balk gave opportunities to zolis and look where he is now he's in the premier league 
Um, so it's frustrating because we we do have talented players, at, at, you know, in that on that cusp of, from youth to senior level, and they aren't being given the opportunities that they possibly deserve. Especially like you like you said, when we're losing, like I think I counted it a couple of days ago, we're losing half a dozen players to the yep. to the to the African Cup of Nations. Stephen, and I yeah. have one more thing for you. I have one more thing for you, Karbovnik. Karbovnik can mm. play in the midfield. When we did the deep dive, I was astounded at what I saw when he was playing at Lego Warsaw. And all we want to do is play him at right back. So, look, that's my that's my thoughts. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not against bringing in a a depth piece to just to add because you know injuries and things. It's it's good to have one anyway. That's just something what I know is going to happen. Um, is that Sorlis is going to end up getting the shaft. It's just, and it just frustrates me, but that's, um, that's just what frustrates me about this whole process overall. Um, anyway, we're coming, we're coming to the end of it going a little longer than even you and I expected. Yeah. But, uh, any closing thoughts, Steve, you know, how are you feeling going into Frankfurt? Scared? Well, scared. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very scared. I mean, look, Frankfurt's a, they they upon beating us, they then lost to Bochum, if that's how you pronounce it, with um La- in a centre back, um, and the king himself, Staffy Lidis, in the squad. Um, and then they drew with RB Leipzig, who are you know much higher caliber t- um team, so that's not a terrible result for them. So we don't know what Frankfurt team we're going to get, <laughs> to be honest, and we don't know what Olivia Goss team we're going to get, but I hope Birea is the difference maker with fans in the, in the ground. Um, I'm not confident, but I'm hopeful as always. I'm always hopeful because that's, if I'm not confident, that's at least that's something I can hold on to for us to maybe get a win. Well, I'm right. I'm right in that boat with you. So thank you everybody again for listening, especially if you made it this far, if you haven't done it already, please give us a like and a subscribe. It helps us grow this audience the bigger we get, the more things that we can do and the more opportunities that we can to get, whether it's players on the pod or do just more fun things, expand our capabilities with data or with just general video editing, things like that. Uh, We're trying to do all of these things so that we can make a better product for you guys and attract more people to the show. So thank you everyone again for listening. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magico.